two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hard Nine Podcast. Today is February 6th, 2023. Happy birthday shout-outs to Bob Marley, Axel Rose, Babe Ruth, uh, Ronald Reagan, and, of course, uh, if you want to get Rick rolled, Rick Astley. So there's that. We are now officially nine days away. By the way, last week, would like to just let everybody know. Did you just give happy birthday shout-outs and not give one to yourself? I did not give I am not going to give one to myself. Well, that's the first time you've ever done that, and it happened to be on your birthday. It it is on my birthday. Yeah, that's weird. That was weird. That was a weird. That was a weird thing to do. <laughs> to give you birthday shoutouts for the first time, and it was on your birthday. Yeah, well, it's the only day. It. Well, the reason is it's the only. Well, I'm not going to say happy birthday to me. Never going to do that. The only reason <laughs> is it's the only day I know whose people's birthdays it is, unless somebody tells me that, or it's your you guys. That's it. Babe that's Ruth. why. That's why I knew it. Babe Ruth, Axel, Bob Marley, Rick Astley, Ronald Reagan. It's a pretty good group, and me. Yeah. Anyway, what I was trying to say before I was so rudely interrupted was uh, was correct last time. The Cardinals do report on the 15th, did confirm that, not the 14th. So while they, they might be down there, they officially uh, will be there in nine days. Next Wednesday, pitchers and catchers officially report for the Cardinals, which puts us roughly, the math carry, the one, 52 days from opening day in St. Louis. Yeah, 52. Man, it's just coming up quickly. I'm excited for it. Who was 52? Michael Waka? Was he 52? Yeah. There you go. He was. That means tomorrow's who's... Willie McGee Day, and Wednesday is obviously Adam Wainwright Day. I Do you know who was for, do you know a 49 for the Cardinals? Somebody can help us out there. I don't remember what Summer it was. Summer Probably. I think. Was he 48? I was thinking 47. I so. Yeah. Oh, well. Either way, that's where we are. 52 days from opening day. Uh, how is the weather in Champaign, Illinois, in your jail cell that you're still sitting in because you refuse to put anything up on the walls in the house that you live in year-round? It's not a house. And it was um, it was Whatever. 50. Today. It was actually 50 today, so it wasn't too bad. That feel like 80? Yeah, actually. I wore shorts. Yeah. 75 here today. Must be nice. Not bad. Not bad. Um, okay, so not much in the news outside of it does look like before we get to our player profile, one thing I kind of want to get your take on, because I don't know how much you know about this, and I've been trying to learn and trying to read. Uh, if Valley Sports claims bankruptcy, what where are the Cardinals going to be? Like, where are their broadcasts going to be? Where are you going to be able to find those on TV? Uh, I, to- I texted you today, down here I'm officially buying the, the MLB package because in New Orleans I'll be able to get the Cardinals games, obviously. But what, what's going to happen if that, like if this happens? Have you read anything? Do you Have you heard anything? Or we just sit back and, and wait? Because I think in the long term, probably a good move. Valley sports freaking sucks. They, they Evidently, that's part of the reason the Cardinals aren't spending the kind of money that they want to spend. It's because of this issue with Sinclair. That's not true. Else. So that's what, not true. Well, that's what they're well, saying. No, Bill DeWay came out and said that wasn't a factor. So it, that's oh, not well, true. That um, said the otherwise. No, he didn't. Neither of them said that. Don't say that. That's not what was said. That's not what it was said. It is what it was said. They, they said, they said, said, they said it, the opposite. Put them, put them in the limbo for not knowing where they, they were. They said it for the future, but they said for this year it had nothing to do with it. So I'm going to take them okay. at their word. Um, okay. Yeah, we do know that if Valley Sports itself isn't going under, it's the company Sinclair that owns Sinclair. Valley Sports. So if Sinclair does file for bankruptcy, what I heard was Valley Sports will continue to broadcast all the games. They just will not – St. Clair's will not be getting money for the games. So it will be the other major investors will be the ones that will now be profiting okay. from it. That's what I heard. I don't know. I'm not a business major. So I would do your own research if you're listening to this. But the games will still – you'll still be able to watch the games. I do Louis, know that. Cardinal anyway. fans will still be able to get to see all the yes. games. Yeah. Uh, how long do you believe until – like then this is a, this is not part of our player profile, which we'll get to here in just a second. I just kind of want to get your take on this because I was just reading about it today. Um, how long do you believe until finally maybe they charge a little bit more for the MLB package up the price to eliminate the blackout restrictions? Use that extra money to hand out to the cable companies if you have to, or do you think baseball is going to finally join where it looks like football's heading and go almost all streaming with a lot of their games where the NBA's heading as well? They're never going to do that because I, I just don't think they'll be able to make enough money. Um, all these people, most of their – most of their the reason the Yankees and the Dodgers can spend way more money than the Cardinals can is because of how much money they make from their local networks. 
they will never get all 30 teams on board to do one streaming service. It's just never going to happen. So I I, I would assume that really? the thing that I, I think, think will happen, happen is I think a lot of teams are going to start getting their own local networks if they That's can support it, up. like the Cardinals. Like I feel like the Cardinals yeah. and the Blues can go in together and probably get a local network that might make them way more money, honestly, than Valley Sports is giving them. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, obviously, you see Nesson in Boston. You see the Yes Network in, in New York. Um, those things work and really, SNY. really well. SNY. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's where it's headed. But I honestly believe, like we saw last year, many games on the cock. We saw many games on Apple TV. I think they did, what, two a week on Apple TV? Uh, I think you're going to see the shift start. I mean, if you look, if you do the numbers, cable companies are are really hurting because people are switching over to all these streaming services. And if you're baseball, like just aligning yourself with these local networks is, you know, we, we talk about wanting to grow the brand. Like that's the way to start growing the brand is to get out in these streaming services more and more. Do you agree? Yeah. And obviously over the weekend, I believe, or maybe last week, MLB network and YouTube TV didn't come to an agreement. So baseball is really getting hurt by the fact that they're outpricing themselves and yeah. cable cable companies are not making enough money. So they're now charging more money for people to stream on there so they can compensate for the fact that people aren't subscribing to them as much. Um, it's a mess, but I don't I don't know. I don't have enough information on all of it. Me neither. I just kind of I was reading about that today and I'm always intrigued it. by the by the future of the money of the game because there is so much of it. It's going to keep going up. They're going to keep making we more keep money. Getting, if we want to keep getting younger as a game, which Major League Baseball keeps saying, then they're going to have to think outside the box instead of still thinking that it's 1965 and you're showing two games a week on Saturdays. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I will say so, that um, be interesting. the blackout thing, this is the last thing I want to say on it. Um, yeah, Bill DeWitt, one of the most influential owners in all of baseball. Uh, he always has been. He said that it would. He he came out and was said that they needed to get rid of the blackout restrictions. Really, the first owner I've heard really say that. So that was big. So we'll see. I think it's heading that direction. Yeah, I think so too. I'm sorry. I know that we want to get to uh, who I today put out on a tweet that said, is in my opinion, the Rodney Dangerfield of baseball. Did you understand that tweet? No. Yeah, I re- I thought about that afterwards. People After you tweeted, age, I was kind of like, why did you tweet that? Well, Rodney Dangerfield's big thing was I get no respect, right? And in my opinion. I believe, if not, one of the most underrated players in the National League, and maybe in all of baseball, is Tommy Edmond, who is our focus for today's podcast. Um, it just seems like, and I have been guilty of this, all right, that I didn't know a lot about him. Like We talked about this last time with Brendan Donovan coming up. I didn't know a lot about him coming up. That's on me. That's not Tommy's fault. That's not the organization's fault. Uh, all he does, all he's done is come up and produce, especially defensively. Now he's right around league average every year with his, you know, OPS plus um, 8% above it, last year, 8% above. And I think in, in, in 90 or 2019 in his rookie year, he was like 122. I think when he came up and the other years have been in the nineties, um, he was good. He was really but the good problem is like, you're talking about a guy who in 2021 won a gold glove, uh, got kind of shafted this year because he should have won another gold glove led led the National League in, I think, defensive runs saved at short the shortstop position, or was right there, was one of the two. He and Dansby were right there. Um, and I think also kind of got screwed because Brendan Donovan won the uh, utility gold glove. But he did win the fil- the Fielding Bible Award for the the um, multiple position. Didn't know that existed till today. Had no idea that was a thing. Tommy won that. That was awesome. Um, what do you think about the, the – do you think Tommy is underrated? Do you think he's where he should be? Do you – do you think any of this really freaking matters at all? Well, no, it doesn't matter. But what I do think, one, I think he's the best defensive player, period, in all of baseball. The best. He can do the most, he can do more than anybody else in baseball. I don't want to hear any other player brought up even close to him. Nolan's the best defensive player at third base. Nolan can't play shortstop, second base, and right field at an elite level like Tommy Edmond can. And left but field. Do I think he's overrated? I don't know. By some people, Under. maybe. Under. Under. Underrated. By some people, maybe he is. It depends on what you value. If you value defense, you know who Tommy Edmond is. Um, if you don't, and you're one of those guys that says, hey, let me go vote for the All-Star game, and all you look at is OPS, then yeah, you're not going to understand why Tommy Edmond has a 6.4 B war in 2023. I think by people that watch him every day, he is not underrated. By people who don't get the opportunity to watch him every day, he probably is. But I would say that about a lot of players that aren't hitting – 35 home runs you know like you like even look at some of the players on the cardinals like donovan who was a third and rookie of the year 
Like no one's going to understand why he's so valuable unless you watch him every day. So I think that's just kind of goes with the territory of baseball that you don't understand the value of some of these players um, unless you watch them for 160 games a year. Yeah, the one thing I will say that does still get me every once in a while, and I'm not saying I'm not even guilty of this. I've been guilty of this. I was guilty of this last year, um, but I, I've kind of waned off of it now that I've paid more attention to the to what Tommy Edmond really does bring to the team is the fact that how loud it got for the Cardinal fans wanting to quickly replace Tommy at short. And I know their their idea was go get the big shortstop and move him to second base. But again, I was I mean Dansby had sixteen. He was 16 wins above average or outs above average. Uh, Tommy was 15. So they were right there. I knew that it was close in the National League. But people were really quickly ready to move Tommy to get Dansby when you really have Brendan Donovan over there. Like you weren't, if we set up about, this question, because I was going to ask you this actually. Yeah, sure. Because I know where you're going, but I think there's a better way to get there. No offense. Oh, I want to <laughs> say no offense. It's sort of like, it's sort of like you say sentence and then you say, but, which, you know, Hey, that is what you I look said. really I said, nice but. today, but okay. Let me let me eliminate. Okay, okay. What I'm saying is, um, my question to you, and it's kind of where I wanted to go with the beginning of this before we get into Tommy as a player and what he does on the field. The talk was about Bogarts. Um, I'm gonna leave Dansby out because I was never on 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 that, and I think most people believe that Tommy and Dansby different players but comparable in value. I'm gonna go with Bogarts. Trey Turner and Carlos Correa. Right. Do you think that Tommy Edmond is good enough to pass on um, the two years of absolutely insane shortstop classes and free agency? We're talking okay. about generational talents, like 10 of them, six of them, seven, yeah, whatever. Here's what I'll say. Uh, the, the only guy that honestly I answer no to is Carlos Correa because of his age. I, I We've talked on here before about, about Corey Seager. I'm a massive Trey Turner. They, I think when you look at the price of those the, and the length of those deals, Bogart's, what, 11 years at 31 years old. Turner, 11 years at 30 years old. What did Seager get? How many years? Do you remember 10? 10 for 350, maybe? I, I That's just none of that. And I this is, another, this is another argument for another time, but none of that reeked Cardinals. What reeked Cardinals was if you could sneak in and get Carlos Correa for two to four years at a high AAV. Like that did that did reek Cardinals. It didn't happen. He ends up going back to the Twins. Has eighteen more opt outs, I think. Whatever. So Correa was the only one, in my opinion, that I would have really seriously looked at out of all of the free agents. Because even if you look at last year, Trevor Story, not a great year. Javi Baez, not a great year. Correa was very good. Outside of that, if you look at the free agent shortstop, that uh, Marcus Seager Simeon, was very good. Too. Marcus Simeon was good for really good for a second baseman, but he's getting paid shortstop money. And if you were playing shortstop, his numbers weren't that weren't that incredible. And defensively, he's not Tommy Edmond. So you know, I guess my answer is for Carlos Correa, who I believe is the at 27, 28 years old, the guy that's going to get you the max value. Then that would have been the only guy that I would have looked at. Outside of that, I wasn't. I love Trey Turner. I love Xander Bogarts. At their age, for the length that they were going to get from other teams and the AAV, it was. It just doesn't make any sense because now what you're doing is you're hamstringing yourself in other positions, mainly pitching. That this team is going to probably have the opportunity to look at come trade deadline time. I have multiple. Yes, I have multiple thoughts. One, my answer is last offseason they dodged multiple bullets because let's be honest. They weren't going to go give Carlos Correa that weird high AAV deal. They just weren't no. going to give him a three opt-out deal. I just don't – the Cardinals aren't that team. Um, and then they Javier Baez and Trevor Story, those deals look horrible. Absolutely like a horrible, horrible, bad, right. bad deal. Especially now it looks like Story's going to miss all of – That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I like Trevor – I like Trevor Story That's as a same. player, but you don't know what he's going to be able to be with Tommy John surgery. And then the other guy, Corey Seager, that's that's the deal I wanted them to do, whatever. And then this year, this offseason a little different. Well, Seager had a very good year last year. Very yeah, he's good really year. good. He's, yeah. he's, just, he's one of the best players right. in baseball. But the, the this year, I, the only deal I would have even considered was Correa. And with the way the Cardinals operate, I'm not even giving him that because you're worried about his ankle. Like if, if Steve Cohen wasn't willing to match what the Twins gave him. Why in the hell would Bill DeWitt match that? He's not going right. to. No. So there's that factor as well. And the biggest thing for me, when I was talking about shortstops, I wanted Xander Bogarts because I thought you could get him for six years. That's not what happened because right. the Padres right. went nuclear yeah. and gave him 11. Um, but here's the thing. If you're going to give out big contracts, 
you cannot have all you can't have 80% of your payroll. It wouldn't be that high. That's hyperbolic, but 60% of your payroll can't be on the infield. It just right. can't be. If you're going to give another big deal like that, a $30 million a year deal, it has to be to an ace. It has to be to a center fielder that's you know is going to be an all-star every year. But I don't think get, putting that on the infield is a good idea. And on top of that, Tommy Emmons is getting paid $5 million this year, right around that. Is Dansby Swanson worth $12 million more million than him? Is no. Xander Bogarts worth twenty more million dollars than him? No, he's not. So um, I I like that they stayed with Tommy Edmond. I think it brings up an interesting conversation, and I think obviously we have to talk about Mason Wynn in this conversation. That's probably yeah. the bigger reason. That's but, where I was going. But yeah. for me, Tommy Edmond for the foreseeable future until Mason Wynn proves he is ready to hit at the big league level, I am perfectly fine with him being my shortstop every single day. When is do you have this in front of you? Might not, so I might catch you off guard on this. When is Tommy up? Like when is his? You think the yard? Do you think the Cardinals will be one of these teams that might give him a three year extension, waiting on Mason Winter? Do you think they're going to wait and that and ride this out? Because I was going to get to the Mason Winter. Do you want me to answer your question? Going, I got going on the other thing and got sidetracked. Do you want me to answer your question? Whoa, um, passive aggressive? Or? No, I'm just asking you if you want me to answer it. If, hey, you, make, if you want chill, to say something Caleb, else, let Mike cook. No, I'm actually asking, did you want me to answer it? Because I have it right here. Yeah, I, it was going to be a two-parter, but that's okay. You go. He's ahead. in his first year of arbitration this season. So he got okay. $4.45 million, something like that. Um, and he's a free agent after, um, for the 2026 year, I believe. Oh, yeah, so they don't need to do anything then. There's no need to give him an extension. Unless so you he'll just be here make him the next happy. three years. Right, so there's no need to do anything. And he's, already, he's going to be 28 in May. Um, you know, so right. he's entering peak. I mean, honestly, peak territory. Now, a lot of people don't real don't agree with that because they see the Michael Harris's and they see the J. Rock. Look, there's only a handful of those guys that are doing what they're doing at, at the at their ages. There's there, a handful there's of a, those guys ever. Right, that's what I'm saying. So you know, let's let's not forget 27 big year for a lot. And of he people. went to college, and he's right. Tommy's yeah. a great player. Yeah, I which, mean, he yeah out of I I guess born Wisconsin is that where I, saw? I do I think though where. what you just kind of hit on is something that we should talk about a little bit with him. There have been a lot of extension talks. There was a report that came out that said Tommy Edmond um, and the Cardinals did have interest in trying to give him a longer-term deal, whether that was buying out all of his RB years or what, or that, that was them actually trying to add some years on. Right. I don't I don't know where I stand on it. I love Tommy, and I don't think he's ever going to be a non-valuable player for you, especially in the next, I don't know, six, seven years. I think he's always going to be very valuable because he's really good at a lot of things. I don't know if an extension for Tommy Edmond makes sense if you want to keep Mason Wynn, Brendan Donovan, and Nolan Gorman. I was okay. You kind of beat me. Kind of hit me. Beat me to the shark there. Jumped the shark. Beat, I whatever they were saying is. Uh, you beat me to it. I was going to say when you've got Donovan, Gorman, and Wynn, I think it's going to be one of those where they don't like. We saw them go ahead and and for no reason. I say that. I guess there was a reason, but extend Paul DeYoung, and now you're stuck with it. I'm not saying that's going to be Tommy Edmonds because I'm I'm in, in the agreement with you, you that I believe He's that's the guy who's going to be valuable. Know where you're going to put him, but I don't think there's any need to unless you're going to buy out his RB years for the next three years. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I and, think that's the only that's, that's the only fine. answer right there. Here well, and here's here's my thing as well. Like I I think the only time you should jump the gun on an extension is if there's a guy that you think is going to go to the free agent market and outprice himself from you right. in a few years. Right. Tommy Edmonds is a great player, and I think he's probably going to get, I don't know, $15 million a year if he keeps playing like this. He's never going to outprice the Cardinals. Like, he's no. never going to get to a point where the Cardinals say, shit, like he hit the market, and now the Dodgers are offering him $30 million a year, and we can't, we're not willing to do that. So for me, Tommy, I, I love Tommy. I'd love to have him be a Cardinal his whole career if he continues to play like this, but I just don't think that that's a necessity I agree. in 2023. I, what you're talking about, too, is what the Braves have been so good at. And what the Astros have been good at. Now, the Braves are almost have been too good at it because they're probably going to have to come back and they're probably going to have to reevaluate the Ronald Acuna deal because that's what he's going to be. Ozzie Albies. Then they're, then they're going to probably have to yeah, reevaluate the Ozzy Albies deal. But either way, what they've done is they put themselves in a fantastic position as an organization with these players. And if you look at the Cardinals, this is no offense to anyone. You've got to see what you you have in Brendan Donovan. You've got to see what you have in Nolan Gorman. Those guys could be Mason Wynn and, and Jordan Walker. They could be where those are guys that they're going to want to lock up early to make sure that they don't have to get outbid by the Mets, the Dodgers, the who fill in the blanks, right? 
I mean, but right now they're not sitting on any a, a lot of stock all of those guys. I just don't think Tommy Emmons ever a guy you're gonna have to you know jump the market so on. Like and I don't Jordan think Walker, Donovan is either. if you're talking Jordan Walker rookie of the year, then yes, that's a guy you're trying to jump the market on. But that's not what Tommy Emmons is, and that's no offense to Tommy. He's just not. He doesn't profile as that Corey Seager type money because he doesn't hit thirty homers a year. Um, right. What What do you expect from Tommy Edmond in twenty twenty three? Do you expect yeah. Do you expect him to bat leadoff, bat ninth? Okay. Which is what I, I would thank like. Thank you for asking that. By the um, way. Um. Um. And then obviously we can get into his defense. I think we know what to expect there and his base running. But I I have a couple things. I think the we can get into this after you answer my question. But I do want to talk about how rule changes are going to affect Tommy Edmond. But okay. um, you um, can go ahead. You and I have talked about this a lot, and I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter right now where people love to throw Tommy Edmond in the leadoff spot. Uh, with his OBP where it sits, to me, he just screams number nine hitter in this lineup. Um, when you have guys like Lars or Donovan who can hit at the top of that lineup, get on base at a high percentage for the guys who are going to be behind them. But when you have Tommy hitting ninth, he doesn't have to sit up there and try to to, to extend counts. He can be a little bit more aggressive in, early in the lineup at the in the ninth slot. Um, I just feel like with his OBP, which has never been, I mean, 350 his first year, which is really, really good. But then 317, 308, 324, talking about a career 320, that's probably where he's going to be. Like, I don't know that I see that changing. And you don't want to take the aggressiveness away from it, which you do if you put him in the in the leadoff spot. I like Tommy Edmond in the ninth slot. Um, I think that's where he should be. I think you're going to see 10 to 15 home runs from Tommy because we know he's going to hit him, right? I, I just think that, that I think what you're seeing, I think he'll be a, a 110 plus maybe OPS plus guy in that area, league, above league average hitter. But I think when you provide elite defense at shortstop with this pitching staff that we have right now, we don't have five Jacob DeGroms out there. We got guys who are going to get ground balls and on a shift with Nolan, tell me something that's going to get through the left side of the infield. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Tommy, I think you can bet him both. I think that's the answer because he's really two different hitters, right? Um, Left-handed, he's betting ninth, and I'm not moving him up unless he earns it. Like last year, it is fair to say, like, he struggled. He does this. You've got to give – I'm kind of concerned about the shortstop position because I think he's shown that he really – he can play 150 games, but it really isn't in his best interest to be playing every day because he really goes into slumps in June and July, like long extended slumps when he's been playing every single day. He's done that the last two years where he's just not hitting at all for a month or three weeks because he's really – Tired, I think, is what it is. But I do think when he's batting left-handed, he should be batting ninth. When he's batting right-handed, bat him first, bat him sixth. You know, when he's batting right-handed, he's one of the better hitters on your team. Um, when he's batting left-handed, he's just he's like Dylan Carlson, a guy we'll talk about next week. I think next week we'll be talking about him. Um, they're two different hitters, and you have to treat him that way. I don't think he should be batting first ever when he's batting left-handed because Brendan Donovan's just better than him in that situation. Yeah, um, I if you just look at the numbers overall, uh, obviously if you look at him in his splits, and that's what the people like love to, to focus at, versus righties last year, you're talking about a 704 OPS versus lefties, uh, 7, 782 OPS. Uh, big difference in slugging on base is about the same. Average only about 15 points difference. But that slugging, you know, a lot more power from the other side. But I honestly believe when you also look at the numbers, if you look just last year, 671 OPS in the leadoff spot and an 868 OPS in the number nine slot. There's there's a reason for that. He's not a guy who needs to take eight, seven, C seven pitches in and at bat. He's a guy who likes to go up there and if he gets a fastball early or something he likes, he jumps on it. But when you put him in the leadoff spot, that takes it away. In my opinion, Donovan and Newbar can do that. They can ride those counts out and still hit deep into account. I'm not saying Tommy can't, that's not what I'm trying to, but it is shown that I think when you, he gets hit earlier and I don't have those stats in front of me, I probably should. So I might just be speaking out of my out of, out of turn here, but it does feel like that's the kind of player he is where the nine slot really works. I would not want to, I'm not, not going to lie. I don't ever want to see Tommy Edmund in the six hole, like put him ninth and leave. If he's him batting there. right-handed, I would, if there's a lefty, because he I, can't I, be, I, you can't bet him ninth against a lefty starting because he's too good to do that. I, but, I disagree with that, but that's I mean, okay. you could, I guess, because your lineup's so good against. Correct. But I wouldn't bet Donovan or Newpar ahead of him against the lefty. There's no reason to do that. Um, here's what I'll say: when you have a guy like when you have guys like Donovan and Newpar who are projecting to be 350 OBP guy like Newpar probably, and I would say Donovan around the 380 mark, right? Those are real, that's elite, elite on base percentage guys. 
there's no reason to bat Tom Hammond first. And honestly, I don't think anybody that watches the Cardinals wants to bat him first. That's more of a national media thing where they don't really watch the Cardinals every day. It's a Twitter thing too, um, dude. Um, but Tom, I mean, I get it because you look at Tommy and you're like, that's a leadoff hitter. He may he doesn't strike out very much. He, you know, and he's small, he's fast. He looks like a leadoff hitter, but he's not a leadoff hitter because we look at on base percentage now. Um, I want to get into the rule changes and what I was saying. I think nearly every single rule change made besides the pitch clock, because I don't think that's going to affect him. I think nearly every rule change that was made this year is going to impact Tommy Edmond in a positive way. And and what I mean by that is um, I think the bigger bases, he's probably going to steal more bases. Because when you look at it, it's like, well, only the bases are only two inches bigger in diameter. Well, it's called a game of inches for a reason. You mess right. up the inches, you mess up the timing. How many times does Tommy Edmund get thrown out? Not very many anyway. And when he does, it's very, very close. I think you could see his stolen base numbers. How many did he steal last year? Do you have that number in front of you? Yeah, I got it right here. Hold on. 32. I got it. 32. Yeah, there it is. 32. So I think you could see 40 stolen bases out of Tommy Edmund next year. I wow. think that with that, I mean, eight more. And I think no, that's No, I, I love reason. it. I'm not, I'm not um, vowing that you're like off base. I'm saying that would be fantastic. I think I think you could see Tommy, and that's from the nine hole, by the way, people. I think you could see Tommy Edmund have maybe the highest defensive war in all of baseball because he's got some of the best range in all of baseball. And I think he's one of the most athletic players in baseball, probably, right? Without the shift, like I think you're going to be able to see his athleticism on, on display like it really hasn't been before because he's not going to be positioned right where the ball is going to be hit. So his defensive yeah. value is going to go up another level because he's going to be able to do stuff that other shortstops can't do because he's so his range is is like one of the best in baseball. Yeah, back to the the left right comment or the left right debate. Donovan, looking it up, I just checked. Donovan's number is almost the exact same against lefties as Tommy Edmond. So at least Donovan in the leadoff spot. That's We're where not going to do that. Or I I understand it, but I just think it brings so much more value with Tommy hitting ninth. And knowing that he's hitting nine, and if Carlson's hitting eight or whatever, we don't know. Again, we know that Ollie's going to utilize the flexibility. I'm okay with that. I we've talked on here. We'll also uh, see how people years, are hitting. I was pigeon. Know. For years, I was uh, in the pigeonhole of of let's put one lineup up. I don't think that way anymore. No, utilize it. Utilize the flexibility to the best of your ability. But I I just think that it him in that nine slot is so valuable. Do you have any comments on my rule changes thing? No, I think I agree with you. I, but if he gets 40 stolen bases, who is the last Cardinal to steal 40 bases? Do you know? No. Probably okay. someone in the 90s. Like, um, you think it's been that long? Probably. Who else would have done They haven't been known for speed. That's probably true. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but what what do you think about the defense? The defense. Do you think that's going to well, benefit I, like him? Like I said shift? before, I think no that shift? With, with his defense – I mean, I again, I I wouldn't be surprised if he puts out the highest war defensive war at shortstop. You said in the game, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, he's that good, folks. Like he is that good. His range is great. He's an elite second baseman. People said he couldn't play shortstop, folks. He's an elite shortstop. I never understood that. Dude played shortstop at Stanford. Dude played shortstop in high school. Dude played shortstop in the minor leagues. And now we got these Joe drafted as a shortstop on on the internet and in in the in everywhere else telling everybody who probably never well, played. Hold on, in fairness, life. that was like, what, that was propaganda for Paul DeYoung, um, given out to the media by John Mozeliak. Well, in fairness, way. like that is the, that's fair to but say. People bought that it wasn't spread it. by people. Yes, but people believe what he says because guess what? You should probably be able to believe most things that John Mozeliak <laughs> says. And I think the even bigger thing that led into that was the dumbest thing that happened all of last year that pissed both of us off was that they they were so adamantly against giving the media a reason to ask why they're not calling Nolan Gorman up that they put Tommy Emmett at second and Brendan Donovan at short yes. when they pulled Paul DeYoung down to the minor leagues. So that yes. was handled poorly by them, but whatever. They got there eventually. Um, I don't know. I think Tommy Emmett's one of the best shortstops in baseball in terms of value he's going to bring to your team. Um, is he is he the flashy one? He's not Francisco Lindor, okay? Lindor does both. He's one of the best defensive shortstops, and he's going to hit you 30 bombs. But when he's batting ninth, he doesn't need to do what those shortstops do in this offense because um, the offense has the power. They have the guys that are going to be hitting the 30 homers with the 800, 850 OPSs. Tommy doesn't need to be that guy. And I think if from day one you're batting him ninth and you're slotting him in that role and say, hey, Tommy, go be our ninth hitter. You're doing it all year and you're playing shortstop. We're not moving you around. Go do it the entire year. I think that's going to benefit him because he's really never had that. He's always been moving positions. He's always been moving spots in the lineup. Leave Tommy in the nine hole. 
and have him playing shortstop every single day and let him let him be and see what happens. Because I think some I consistency could do wonders for Tommy Edmond because he's really never had it. No, I agree. And you said earlier they're not going to do that, but let's hope they do. Let's hope they do. Let's hope also let's hope Lars or Brendan force them to do that. Like that's another thing. Both. Yeah. Like and, and Tyler and whoever, you know, fill in Jordan the blanks. Walker. Dylan, right. Fill in the blanks. Like whatever whoever it is, let's hope that those guys if if you're rolling out Tommy Edmond at short every day and he's hitting ninth, your lineup is pretty fucking good, if we're gonna be honest. Yeah, and I know we're when this isn't a Mason win situation that's not what we're doing but this is the only one we're going to do on the shortstop position right so i yeah. think we should probably at least mention mason win and how he might impact tommy edmund not this year maybe next year moving forward um i am very interested to see what the hell they do with this middle infield because i think we could argue right now it's a little crowded who's playing second base i mean probably brendan donovan but your former number one prospects than a second baseman now you that you moved there because you got nolan arenado and you wanted gorman to have a, a plan in the big leagues and then brendan donovan came and fucked the whole plan up i think and said no well i'm too good you're gonna have to play me um and then tommy Adams playing shortstop um mason wins coming i think you're gonna have to see a trade at some point of somebody or else it's just stockpiling. Like it's almost an embarrassment of riches in the offense, offensive players that they have right now. Like it's kind of crazy. But do you think they're going to just keep all the four of these guys forever? I don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't think they, to be fair, Caleb, I don't think they know what they're going to do. Like, what are you going to, what's going to happen to Paul DeYoung? Like, that's the other question. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I, even want to talk about it. I know. No, I, I understand. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, what that's the thing. We don't know what happens there. I think, you know, that one of the big knocks has been can Mason win hit at the big league level. Well, last year through two leagues, he had an 832 OPS. Like at 20 years old. Right. And then he went out to the Arizona Fall League and he put up a and, 760 OPS. Guys, the Arizona Fall League. And he no put up like a joke. three he hit like a 350 OBP. There's an all-star. Um yeah, he had a uh, well, he had a 407 OBP and a yeah, 353 slug in the Arizona 407 OBP. Like, so and guys, seeing, like, that is a massive progression from a guy who's right around a 700 OPS the year before. Obviously, and, very and young. Dad, like, I'm like, not... What people don't talk about with him that was his first year of an offseason going in, knowing he was a shortstop. Right. Like, I mean, that's when 20. they said, "Hey, also, get rid of the pitch." Old. He said, "Hey, get get rid of the pitching stuff. You're our shortstop." Yep. He's 20, and I think him and Walker don't get enough credit. They gave got rid of like they had their first ever taste of pro ball was in Sage on the field taking batting right, practice correct. with other people in the middle of a the pandemic. same field you hit a home run on by the way yeah that that field but of that yeah and, and to me like people don't give him enough credit for him and Walker like they've been thrown into the fire the way those two have adapted and really excelled is is remarkable. Um, I don't. I hope they take their time with Mason Wynn. He's a little more raw of a prospect. Walker is a more defined guy. You know he's probably going to come up and be at least a league average hitter, probably better. Mason Wynn's a guy they're going to take their time with. So I think that's why they're not too stressed about the situation yeah, right now. But if Mason Wynn goes out there, he's going to be in AAA, I think. He if is. he goes out there and does what he's done since he's been here, which is exceed expectations, and maybe get any even better with a second full offseason of knowing he's a shortstop and knowing what he needs to work on after the Arizona Fall League, he, I mean, he might push their hands to have to do something. And I know I mean, this is a 2023 games thing. But... 21 at, at Peoria, which you and I went up to, right? The, the, the single A team, high yeah. A. Do they still call it high A? Is that still, are they still it's, doing it's that? High, it's high A, yeah. Okay, Palm so Beach they still do that. I, I know that some school, some got a red, red A plus, they throw it on here. And then he only played 33 last year at, at Peoria and went up to Springfield and like pretty quickly. That's within a month and a half. And in Springfield, the double A, like, I mean, he put up. Good lord, he put up a 970 OPS. Like no, that was at that was at Peoria. He put up a 780. Oh, I at that was at yeah, 780. Yeah, my apologies. But his power, OPS, but he had still, a power uptick. Yes, and, and and again, we're talking about a 20 year old. Look, here's the thing: you're you're sitting on a guy at Gorman who's going to turn 23. Walker's 21. 22? Walker's 20. Walker turns 20. Walker Walker is like soon. Walker's like 10 days younger than me. <laughs> How's that make you feel? It makes me feel like I'm not talented. That's what it makes um, me feel like. Hey, you know, you can tell Jordan Walker I hit a home run at, at – uh, Sure, he hit plenty. Uh, but then you got Mason Wynn at 20. Uh, when we haven't got to Graceffo and the, and the pitchers, you know, um, we saw some of the guys down uh, – Todd, we saw the guy Todd down at, at single A. Todd Lott? Yeah, up, up at uh, double A. He's going to be at double A this year. 
he's on the fast track to be in the AAA at 23 years old. Like, I know he's not as young as the other guys, but again, like the people, everybody wants to take five of these guys and trade them for one guy. And it's like, we don't have to do that right now. I think what the Cardinals are hoping, like I said earlier with the lineup, is somebody takes over these spots and then they have a more defined role come the deadline of what they want to look at and do. Here's where they could run into a problem. If none of the, if none of, no, no, that's a great problem to have. That's not a problem. If all of them are decent and none of them are great, none of them are above average, they're all just kind of good. And then you don't know what the hell to do. Which is they what we need, saw with Piscotti. We saw with Gritchick. We saw yeah. with Fam. We saw well, with no Fam was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we saw with those guys. I'm sorry. You're right. He, fam was really good. He just um, you know Fam was one like, of the best. Had one of the best center field seasons yeah. the Cardinals have ever had. Yep. But um, I don't think I don't know, and I don't think they know, and I don't think we should put any expectations no, I don't on think any we of have these guys. Know. But I do think Tommy Edmond to circle all the way back is going to be in the plans for this team, no matter what happens with the other three. I think the other three impact each other, but I think Tommy yeah. Edmund is a level above in the eyes of the organization. I think you could be right. I think if Mason Wynn comes out and- They love him, Dad. The they love Tommy Edmund. I know. Uh, well, I guess what I'm saying is- Could you if... imagine? Could you imagine an infield defense of Nolan Arenado, <laughs> Mason Wynn, Tommy Edmund, and Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah, but you just what you just did was you forgot Brendan Donovan, the guy who just won the Gold Glove Award. He's a utility player. <laughs> he says, and then Nolan Gorman is dropping bombs in the DH spot. <laughs> so maybe we keep all of them. I just talked myself into it. They're all Cardinals <laughs> for life. I mean, yeah, it like you said, it it's it's a good pros it's a good prospect to to be in, good avenue to be in. But it but like you said, some of them are going to have to rise. Some of them have to rise. Some that, that's yeah, I think we're gonna yeah, we're gonna right. get into the outfield as well. Some of these guys, they're all very talented, and have the ability to do it, which is the good thing. Um, there, there's a, if they, if any of them have massive improvements, massive leaps, like we've seen guys have, like brings me back last year, Cedric Mullins, who had a massive, you know, he just separated himself. They need to have some of these guys separate themselves from the pack. And then the, the outlook on the future and the trade deadline becomes way more clear, way clearer. Let me ask you this without sounding like uh, Debbie Downer. Okay. Cause I'm not, that's not the road I'm going to. Do you believe they're going to give enough of those guys the opportunity to separate themselves because we have seen in, in the past with this franchise with all of our managers um an extended slump and even Ali has said and I'm not I'm not blaming Ali uh, but Ali has said if you're hitting you're going to play if you're not you're not so if there's an extended slump like I don't think we ever knew with certain guys here what they could be because they never were given that what's the word that like the the runway the line to hang. Yeah, what am I looking for? Like the runway. There you go. Well, sure. Let's go with that one. But that's like, I, do you think, what I, do you think? Cause because you have so many guys, like yeah. let's say Nolan Gorman goes out and he slumps. What, is it possible that we never really see like that? That's what I'm always wondering. I think it depends on the level of your prospect status and the level of the expectations within the organization. Nolan Gorman, okay. Jordan Walker, no, I don't worry about that as much because I think they have massive expectations and have refused to trade both of them. When we know right now you trade one of those two guys, you're getting a pretty big return in Major League Talent. Okay. They're betting Fair. on those two. Okay, Guys like Donovan, if Donovan would have come up last year and he would have just been a 320 OPS guy, I mean, OBP guy and played good defense, yeah, he probably wouldn't have been playing very much. He okay. had to impress. But I think that's the way that all sports are, right? Like that's that's being at the highest level. You have to perform, or you're not playing. Like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt can slump for two months because they've built up the the um what's it called reputation of being one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, but yeah, and by young, no means was I saying play. you got to play well. That, that yeah, you got a guy who's in a forty game slump. I do agree I'm not you. saying that. Sometimes I do agree with you. It can work against your team when you have Mike Matheny or Mike Schilt managing it. Or Ali Marmol, if you're the Detroit Tigers. Yes. Ali Marmol puts you players just let him in the, play. I mean, Tony LaRusso was one of the best I've ever seen at this. But yes. Ali Marmol, in the same vein, puts players in positions to be successful. Yes. So as long as he does that, I think you're going to see players perform. I, I, I think you're going to see board. players perform better, like Brendan Diamond did last year. And I, don't th- and I think Ali, as well as the coaching staff, knows what they have in these players better than we do. So I don't think they're going to throw aside, like say Gorman goes 0 for 20 to start the year. They they might send him down to get get some confidence, but I don't think they're going to say, well, that guy's never going to do anything for us. No, again. I don't think so either. 
I don't think so either. Yeah, look, and you know, just like um, it's so easy. Like I said earlier, to to start it off, uh, back to my Rodney Dangerfield comment. It's just so easy to forget about Tommy. Like it really is. Like we talk about Nolan, we talk about Goldie, we talk about Jordan Walker, we talk about Gorman, we talk about Wilson Contreras. You know, we talk about what can Dylan Carlson do, and you just sort of forget about the guy who just goes out there every day and does his business. And as long as Tommy continues to do that, like I said, I believe he's one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball. He should have been an all-star last year. He should have won a gold glove last year. Hey, shout out to the Fieldy Bible for getting it right, evidently. But, yeah, I just think, but in, you know, he doesn't give two fucks. You, but you know that there are, like, professional well, athletes. players do. I mean, they still that, I was going to say, there is that little, that little, you know, grinding, like, okay, so you want to disrespect me? I think a lot, almost all athletes have that. I mean, we know and no I one think, has that. I hope, hey, keep doing it. Keep keep disrespecting the guys. We keep coming out and putting out 6.4 wars for us every year. Yeah, I mean he, his year last year was really incredible. I mean he was so he was underrated, so, like so, so underappreciated. Good. Thirteen bombs, Dad. Drop thirteen. Like that's that's why I said I Tommy, think he'll be between ten and fifteen. If yeah, he Tommy if he can, hits fifteen home runs and steals forty bases and plays Gold Glove shortstop, can like I also like he also improved left hand batting left handed. Like he, he really did. did. He had yeah. more power. He had like four homers yeah. off the Brewers or something. I saw him lead off a game with the homer at one of the games yeah. I was at. Well, we saw him win one too. With the was it the grand slam? No, it was a two run homer. Two run, okay. I just but remember, we went at that game. We went. At no, that but game. we were watched us um, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I think I I don't know, man. I mean, he's. I think you disrespected him for so long on this podcast. I did. If you want to go back to about uh, I don't know a year and a half ago, God, here we in go. Twenty twenty one. Fucking receipts. Um, it would be it would be me. You and D. We weren't on YouTube at the time. Which I hope if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. We haven't said that yet. Um, but you would always say Tommy Emmett, he's just a role player. He's not a starting player. What team I, is he starting on? What team, <laughs> what good playoff team is Tommy, Tommy Edmond hey, starting on? I'd like right now to issue a formal apology to Tommy Edmond, to the Edmond family, to Stanford baseball, to his high school team in San Diego, to everybody, because I was wrong. And I, I, I will take to the it entire country of South Korea. I, I said it going. before that I believe, and I am at fault for this, and I believe a lot of people are, that if he was a sixth-round pick, it's not like he was a 29th-round draft pick. He was they drafted the, living, the Cardinals really make After their his living junior year rounds. at Stanford. So, you know, it's not like he was a late-round pick. It's just one of those guys that wasn't on my radar, and that's my fault, which is why we need Kyle, Kyle Reese on here to get more guys on my radar, because all he can do is help me. Yeah. Um Cardinals, man, they we we need a whole episode dedicated to how great they've been in rounds five, four through eight. Well, lately, that's what we're gonna have my guy, like, to do some some of it, man. Tommy Edmond, Lars Newbar, yeah. Brendan Donovan, Gordon Graceffo, they just been they're the best at that in baseball. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, I'm thank you for apologizing because yeah, I've been on Tommy you're Wagon, and I am sorry. I'm what sorry. A, I mean, he's just he's just one of the best players. So much fun to watch, and. I'm, um, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad they didn't have to go to arbitration with him and they realized his value and probably paid him more than he would have gotten if he went to arbitration, but they kept him happy, which I always like. So yep. happy for Tom. Before we get out of here, a few things. Um, as Caleb said earlier, look, if you're watching us on YouTube, first of all, thank you very much. You guys are freaking awesome. We greatly appreciate you. But please hit that little red subscribe button. We're Hey, we're working. We are. Hey, we're going. We're going on those subscriptions. We just need to keep going. So if you've yet to do it, if you're watching the show, we know that a lot of you are. We appreciate that. We appreciate the feedback you're giving us on YouTube. We'll hit the mailbag next week. Um, we appreciate all of that. The comments are awesome. Please keep them coming. You can find us at YouTube, obviously, under the Hard Nine podcast. Caleb hates the word pod for some reason. But you can find us on – hey, you can find us on Facebook, same way, Hard Nine podcast, same on Twitter. Um we are on Instagram, but Caleb doesn't know how to use that. So we, we have officially anything. moved to the Hard Nine podcast instead. Okay, of we are. It nine. is official. We we were asking each other that we weren't really twice. Well, I've totally changed. Sure. The... Also, hey, a few things. A few things. As you're subscribing, take a peep around your environment there on the screen. Shout out to you for the new graphics. They look yeah, and I changed awesome, it. Dude. I think I'm pointing the right way. I could be pointing the wrong way. It now says the over there. Okay. All right. I don't know if I'm uh, pointing the right way. And Caleb I said, I don't know if it's there yet or if it's going to be there or if it's not going to be there. Big time shout out to one of my former students. Awesome dude. Uh, I believe ended up graduating from Missouri State. I think he started in Missouri and ended up in Missouri State. Drake Yost for the new uh, logo. It's awesome. We love it. He gave us a few of them uh, to choose from. And actually, you're going to see them because hopefully big things coming. Maybe we got a merch store coming up soon. Just saying, maybe. So yeah, I guess see some, some of those out there. But big shout out to Drake. A- I, yeah, shout out. I guess I have to take a few graphic design classes 
because Lord knows you're not going to do it. So fuck no, my glass day take um, days room. Anyway, get that, up on, get that up I've, on the screen. Get that hard nine up there, up on the screen. I'll try. And also, um, shout one more shout out that I don't think you know. I believe I'm going to make sure that this is accurate. But I believe Brendan Donovan got married this weekend. Oh, shout out, Brendan. Was that the wedding we saw down here in New Orleans? Because there was a big to-do down there. He's not from New Orleans, I don't believe. No, but a lot of people aren't to come down here and get married. Big right, second let me make sure that this Brendan. is accurate. I believe I'm right. He, the guy that got married down here had a Miles Teller mustache. Yeah, it wasn't him then. But it was not Miles Teller. Was I lied to? Hold on one second. God. Right, how, can you no. come, how can you bring this? Hold on, because I, I, I saw the post. Let me make sure I'm right. I don't know where she would have gotten these... Was it Arian Foster's post? <laughs> that was funny, man. People believing that was, him is, is that was some great Twitter and some great internet, but it also did make you yeah, lose no, all respect I, for a lot of humans. I do believe. Yeah, awesome. yeah, he did. Well, he was married this weekend. All right. Why were we not invited? To his wedding? hair looks. His issue. hair looks fantastic in these. Of pictures. course it does. I do. Well, I just saw his what a guy dying, I, man. We have I, members of this community, and I normally don't do this, but this pisses me off, so I'm going to do it. We have members of the St. Louis Cardinals Twitter making a podcast um, who have said that Brendan Donovan was a jerk to them at um, winter the winter meet warm-up because he wasn't personable, and that means that Brendan Donovan is an asshole. There's, these There's, people walk amongst us, dude. I've, I've almost gotten off. I, 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 I just it. like I for, for me. Podcast. I can't handle some of these people like, anymore. I, like, I normally want it. I'm not going to call him out by name, but no, I normally not. want it like say something like that. But like to, he's a fan favorite, well deservingly a fan favorite because the way that guy plays baseball is so much fun to watch. But like, come on, just be better. Don't say stuff like yeah, that. No. Don't ruin someone's reputation with unfounded and unprovable assertions. That pisses me yeah. off. I love. I did kind of do the same about Ozzy Smith. If we're going to be honest, yeah, don't do that either. He's a legend. But well, it's three times. Okay, let's not let's not. You're completely just like shitting on what I just said by doing. No, I'm not. I'm not. Like that, but you just did. You just said you did the same thing. Anyway, no, that was on me. I anyway, I want to give a shout out to Donnie for yes. one, being a new husband, and two, for being awesome. Don't listen to the idiots. No, I agree. Well done. We are pl- we are pro player. I'm here. pro Brendan Donovan too, man. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last thing I do want to say before we get out of here, shout out to Jazz Chisholm for being on the cover of the MLB 23, the show. Also shout out to MLB, the show 23, however you want to say it, for getting the Negro Leagues in there. That is awesome. Well, that is so well, cool. Finally, I'm sure it was a rights issue. Everything is a rights issue in the video it's game. It's a money world. thing. Um, and it's a money thing. And thank goodness they got that worked out. I don't necessarily play the game. I tried to play the game with you when you were younger. You killed me. It was no fun. You destroyed my soul. So there's no reason for me to ever play again. But oh. I do love that they are getting their due. I also love there's probably some more money going to families of, of these players yes. that well-deserved. And this all started, obviously, with the Negro League. Um, the stats now being recognized as Major League stats, which is great. Yes. Um, yep. They're doing a thing in the game. It's a game mode where it tells the story and you can play through each player's story, I believe. So you can play through Satchel Page's story and there's clips and there's informational stuff. It's really great. It's great for the younger generation to start to learn more about these guys. I know me personally. I've tried to read up as much as I can um, about the Negro League players. I know Joe Poznanski, um has a book called The Baseball 100 where he included a lot of Negro League players. And that to me, that was really great for me to learn a lot about them. But that's great. Shout out Jazz. Um, not very many um people from the Bahamas in major leagues. He's definitely no. the first player from the Bahamas on the cover of the show, which is awesome. Yep. And also shout out Derek Jeter, who's back on the cover of the game as well. Agreed. Um, the last thing I was gonna say is I've been doing a lot of reading as well. You know, you know, I don't read books, but I do read things, articles. So did moving down here to the 504. Did not know that we had a, a Negro League team down here called the Black Pelicans. Does explain the Pelicans name way more now to me outside of just the state bird. Don't you right? kind of so like it, it more now? Love it now. Also love the Black Pelicans logo so much that I'm ordering a shirt or a hoodie. Probably a shirt because you don't need not a lot of hoodie season down here. So I think just a t-shirt. The jerseys are sick. They're just hard to find. So an Ebbetsfield yeah, flannel, yeah. very expensive. I want a Kansas City Monarchs jersey so bad. Yeah, so St. Louis Stars, obviously, um, learning the Seattle, like learning the history of the Negro Leagues. Uh, One place I've never been is the Negro League Museum in Kansas City. It is top five destination point for me for Major League Baseball. I'm going to give you two players, if you want to be absolutely, there's more, but two players if you want to be absolutely blown away by how great they were just in terms of all of baseball and talent-wise that never got the chance to be 
Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, but probably would have been to that level of legend if they were in Major League Baseball. Go look up John Gibson and Satchel Paige. What's Two Josh most- Gibson? Josh Gibson. That, that's what I say. John? Oh, sorry. Josh Gibson and Satchel Paige. And yeah. Two of the, I mean, their stats are unreal. Josh Gibson might be the greatest hitting catcher to ever walk the planet. And I apologize yep. for messing up your name. <laughs> my, my mom, your grandma, saw Satchel Paige pitch for the Browns when she was a kid. Yep. Back when he when he got to the major leagues. He was a, probably almost 50 years old. If not, mm-hmm. I don't – I mean, he had to be close. So, yes, legends. There are so many more we could keep going into. Um, there's a Buck really – I think it's called Talent of the Game. That might have just screwed that up. There's a really good movie based on the Negro Leagues. And I need to look that up. I'll find that out exactly. I haven't seen it in years, but it's out there. It focuses on Josh Gibson and Satchel Page and Jackie Robinson and uh, so many I'm sure more players. Buck O'Neill and those guys as well. Buck O'Neill. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. have anything so anyway, else before we get out of here to say about nope, I don't. Um, Tommy Edmund? You take us out code. today. Uh, I don't want to do that. You can't do that while we're doing this. Well, you judge that. my you judge my outro. Just don't say so cheers. He turn. won't stop saying it. He does it half the time. I've been and saying it for 25 cons- years. I want some dude, consistency on I hate podcast. it because. McAfee says it, so it makes it sounds like I steal that from him, and I don't. I've been Here's saying it idea long then, before. Man. He, he was Just like a don't teenager. Don't fucking do it anymore. I know it's so hard. Then you okay, have to worry done. about it. Out, Instead of saying cheers, right. say like because I don't want people to say, "Oh, well, you're still." That's not what I'm doing. Say, I, I've done this. Say, I've done this forever. Say uh, say hasta luego. I'm not gonna do that. E- I'm not gonna do that either. And I'm not really sure I like the way you said that. So, oh, also peep peep Caleb's new microphone there. Yeah, look at us. Up. Now, if look you would this. just put something on the fucking wall, things would be look so at, much better. Look at this. Whoa. It's fancy. What is that for? What is that? So let's just a light. I don't know. Just it's just to look cool. I turned you it off like though because it has, like a bad, a, it has a bad like glare. Is that like a DJ mic? Yeah, it's from it's Skrillex. It's okay. From him. Uh, all right. All right. Not all actually. Right. Um. Hey, first of all, we greatly appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. You can find us on on all of our socials. At Caleb Noble 08, at Mike Noble 08, you know about the hard they'll be pod. They'll be right below um, our faces. There we go. There we go. Um, once again, shout out to Drake Yost for the graph, for the logo. Shout out to you for the graphics. Um, and we greatly appreciate you. Please hit that subscribe button as always. We love that. As always, guys, tell a friend. Have a fantastic week. We will be back soon with our next player profiles. We're getting ready for spring training, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.